Welcome to Collector's Corner, the premier digital art platform. We help collectors gain and maintain their edge, all while appreciating beautiful art. Let's jump in. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Collector's Corner. Today, we are doing Cornering the Market, which is our weekly gen art update. It's Wednesday, November 23rd. This will be out on Thursday, November 24th, Thanksgiving. So hopefully you all have some time to look at the exciting things happening in the gen art world because in the broader crypto world, prices are not so great, unfortunately. We'll get to that soon in a second. But before that, I'm here with my co-host, Jared, who you may know online as Jared underscore pause. I am P. You may me know you may know me online as at Aston Cloud. Jared, how are you today, my friend? Good, dude. We just had a, a really amazing spaces earlier. It felt uh, that the, the community was engaged and we touched on a, a lot of different topics for us because of the guests that you invited. So I'm feeling uh, really high on life. And then the other part of it is, you know, I've got the, the fun stuff obviously going on. So, you know, any anybody who's interested in diversifying into digital art, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you. We're accepting new investors up until the new year. That's right. Check out Jared's fund. If you like the way he thinks and talks about things here on Collector's Corner, which I'm sure you do because he's very logical and smart, then it's something to consider. And, you know, I'll, I'll be shilling Jared because, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we just have a great mind meld here and I love the way he thinks and I'm sure that'll translate into his investing. So before we dive into everything, uh, this is an audio-only episode. It'll be released on YouTube. If you are enjoying the content, please like, subscribe, follow us either on YouTube or your favorite podcasting platform. It really helps. We're on Apple, Spotify, et cetera. And also we're launching a newsletter. So check out our Twitter at collectors underscore XYZ. You can sign up for our newsletter. It's pinned there. We're going to be taking this content and adding in stories that we just didn't have the time to get to because we try to keep this short and sweet. On that note, let's dive right in. As always, we start with the macro level as we think about these as investments because for a lot of people, this wonderful art is an investment, although we do talk about great art at great prices, which is at a low price point and de-risks everything. However, starting with the macro, things have been really not great for the last two weeks since the our last episode aired, FTX, the crypto exchange collapsed, brought down cryptocurrency prices significantly. And it, you know it's not really reflected in our seven day, but in the last seven days, Bitcoin is down 2.2% to 16,500 US dollars. Ethereum is down 6.4% now at 1172 US dollars at the time of recording. So definitely some fear in the market, concerns that things could be getting worse. I think it's not generally the best time to be buying those assets. However, the generative art market feels a little bit different. Jared, any quick thoughts on the broader market and how you're thinking about your allocations for folks listening? As the stuff with FTX unfolds, I think we'll learn more. And right now there's a lot of question marks out there. Um, you know, we're at the fund USD based i'm still have that position um i'm just kind of waiting to figure out where and what else is left to unravel there's a lot of question marks out there and until those um have clarity 
you know, I think everybody's waiting on the, not everybody, but myself and some others are waiting on the sidelines just to kind of see what direction this has a, a tendency to, to fall into. So just anxiously awaiting. Yeah. I think that's a really prudent way to approach the market at the moment. And for me, I think that there's a chance we have further legs down. There's a chance that we don't, but there's quite a low chance that the market turns around and starts ripping and you'll be left behind. So I think it does make more sense to be cautious here. If there's something you really, really want to buy, then then go ahead and, and buy it. You know, Maybe think of a dollar cost average strategy because we're probably near the bottom, but I wouldn't expect a quick return in this current market condition. Hope for it, but don't expect it really intriguing to me is the the potential over the the holiday season to see tax loss harvesting i mean i just picked up a couple of things from screens that i think are grails for me personally so you know it's um I, I think it'll be interesting and we'll probably touch more of it on some of the recent sales but just just what may come to market obviously no guarantees but uh, between with eth lower than the beginning of the year people could maintain their ETH terms and have a tax write-off. So curious to see how that plays into the market. Yep, certainly. Keep that in mind. And uh, I should have mentioned Tezos. It's trading at one US dollar. So it's effectively stable coin right now, which makes calculations easy. So nftpricefloor.com. This is where we go to take a look at our blue chips. And taking a look at blue chips, the top sales in blue chips were really chromy squiggles. Only 31 sales, though. I think a few weeks ago, we saw closer to 100, if not over 100. Second place is Memories of Chilin with 14. QQL Mint Pass had 11. Factura had 9. And then Dreams and Artbox curated 6. Screens that Jared just mentioned, 6. So... Nothing crazy. Volumes are certainly down. We have seen some high value sales, which we'll get to. But, uh, you know, the market is spooked. I think I'm actually, Jared and I were talking about this before. I'm actually encouraged by the fact that there are any sales, especially some high value ones. But it does feel like the market is scooped. Sorry, spooked. And looking at floor price changes, the top change was in the construction token, which is an art box curated at 11 then Gazers is now at 26. Oh, Gazers just won't stop, Jared. And then Sentry, Artblocks curated at 15. Anti-Cyclones up 12%. So, uh, sorry, the Sentry floor is 2.6, up 15%. Anti-Cyclones floor is 9. Overall, just relatively low volume. And I know I've been talking about how it feels like volume is back. I think that, the, to me, it's kind of relative to expectations. But yeah, any, you have any thoughts on on this, Jared? And then we'd love to hear the squiggle update. Mine, my sentiment is is very much aligned with yours. I, I think you'll start to see, and we'll touch on it a little bit later, some some major sales, which is encouraging. But those represent a pretty big portion of um, anything that's outside of a call it a newer project. So, I, I I I'm like I said, anxiously awaiting to see the the direction of things. But the one of the brighter spots on this is, you know, the there were 15 new mints for Squiggles. Uh, Snowfro surprised. Uh, I'll call it the the marketplace. I don't know where the 15 went, quite honestly. But they, I think, it was part of the the um, the Mexico City event and and trying to 
share in some of the squiggle love, but that brings it to uh, around 9,700. So there's literally just 300 mints left, 100 of which are going to his kids' trust. Um, there's a really, really beautiful pipe that came out of it. But, you know, this week we're at a 400 ETH volume uh, in a little bit over in the last seven days. The, the, the chart for squiggles on article in ETH terms feels like uh, there's a little bit of a pullback coming onto that cup and handle. I'm really looking for this 13 to 13.5 uh, area to hold. Um, but, you know, overall, just really consistent, low color spread and, um, and, and floor type of squiggles selling. So it's encouraging. The one that the I wanted to highlight is it was a little bit over a week ago, but there was a 50 ETH sale to G Money for a um, a height for fuzzy. You know, it's one of those traits that uh, doesn't get a lot of love because it doesn't affect the squiggle aesthetically. But you know, kind of interesting play there because it was G's first buy since um, since minting, so a long hiatus in between. But overall, still a lot of interest in squiggles, and it's looking. It's looking very positive. Yeah, this is excellent update. Thank you. Uh, fantastic. I had forgotten about the new squiggles that were minted. So glad you brought that up. And the fact that G Money bought that height four shows you that the, there are folks in the market who are looking to get deals on rare things as well. And again, we'll, we'll get to that. Before then, let's take a look at FX hash volumes. And I'll go through this super quick, Jared, and then get your thoughts. In the last seven days, there have been a few collections that have really exploded out of the gate. New ones, Punk Wealth by Eric Swan, and then Slumbers by Volatile Moods, both hitting you know 81 and 71,000 in secondary sales, respectively, which is a lot for FX Hash and puts them really in the all-time top 25, actually even top 20, which is quite surprising. And we've been seeing quite a decent amount of volume, relatively speaking here, I mean, relative to historic and then we're also seeing great new old collections, OGs, Garden Monoliths by Zankan and Dragons by William Upon, also getting good volume. So a good mix here. Do you have any overall thoughts on what you've seen on FX Hash? A quick back of the napkin calculation. And, you know, there's in the last seven days, there's been roughly 400,000 Tez in, in weekly volume. I think that's encouraging. And then our a friend of the podcast, you know, Jeff Lebowski shared that the Q3 end marked the six consecutive volume increases per quarter. I don't know if that made sense, but the short answer is more and more volumes coming in on a regular basis from quarter to quarter for the last six quarters. So it, it feels as though it's starting to get the attention um, and it, it's accessible to a lot of people. So it's been a fun place and it's encouraging, you know, to see from a couple of weeks ago, the the volume rebound and the, it be dispersed amongst old and new ones. I mean, it's it's just so invigorating. It, it feels like a fun place to be at the moment. Yeah, I agree, and that's a great segue into our first story, which is that we're we're seeing a decent amount of volume. So, you want to jump in and, and talk about some of the sales you've been seeing and what you think it could mean as our first Gen Art news story. Yeah the 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 big things that I noticed for sales was there's a 295 ETH Fidenza micro sale. Um, there was also an incomplete control that went for 60 ETH. And then I think that, you know, watching the the sales on anti-cyclones, 
there were like three guide ones that sold in the 17 ETH um, realm and they got gobbled up ridiculously quickly for the now floor to be 66. So, you know, there, there's a lot of people paying attention to this stuff. There's a lot of deals to be out there. I mean, 295 ETH for a Fidenza sounds like a lot, but then when you realize it's a micro and it's beautiful, it's encouraging, man. It, it just, again, I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. That represents a lot of the, the Fidenza. I'll call it weekly sales, but I mean, people are jumping in and buying and it's just been exciting to, to, to watch some of this. Yeah. And in addition to all of this FX hash volume that we're seeing, which is, is really encouraging to me because you're seeing people wanting to collect and this Misari crypto tweet that came out three days ago on the 20th of November, our friend Jeff Lebowski mentioned that even though we are seeing all-time sales in NFTs on FX hash, we're actually seeing fewer number of active traders. And so what that means is each person is spending more and more money on there and getting more comfortable, which is an interesting trend to, to take a look at. We think what that means is people are really enjoying the experience on there and a stronger community is being built on FX hash, which is, I would say, consistent with what we're hearing out there in the conversations that we're having. And actually, I'll dovetail that into another, our second bit of gen art news, which isn't necessarily news, but, uh, you know, Art Basel Miami is coming up. People said last year, it felt like generative art was really a major part of it. Perhaps we were all in our own bubble. I wasn't there. I'll be down there excited to see what it's like, but we're coming off the heels of bright moments uh, Mexico City, which was a fantastic experience. I was out there. And Marfa, Texas, the week before that, the Art Block celebration, which Jared and I were both at. And there's something in the air. This is not news, but something is happening. People are really excited. And it doesn't feel like a flash in the pan or a speculative whatever. I mean, speculate on what, right? Prices have been going down for the last six months for the most part. Volume's been down, but progress is being made across all fronts. So that is my second bit of gen art news I wanted to put out there. And the third thing that I wanted to talk about was generally speaking, we are seeing generative art really continue to break into the traditional art world. And I wanted to highlight the story. It's really cool. So Rafik Anadal, who is an AI generative artist, he's more of like a one of one super rare artist, doesn't do long form generative art, but he does data science and machine learning models that create the art. And he put on an exhibition for the Museum of Modern Art in New York City, which is a huge deal. I mean, we are talking one of the art capitals of the world and one of the premier museums in that art capital of the world. And it's the first time that NFTs have been in the MoMA. And super interesting. It's called un Unsupervised. And I don't know if you knew this, Jared, but he literally took all of the public data that he could find on websites, et cetera, for the MoMA and fed that into his model. And it constantly evolves and it sort of does a, a representation of what art would look like in, in, as it evolves into the future. It's really like kind of mind bending and cool. And I haven't actually seen it, but it's been a huge deal. Uh, Dimitri Cherniak's tweeting about it. Every single, let's call them Web3 artist, generative artist is like, whoa, one of us made it. I think that's a huge deal and potentially a little underappreciated at the moment. I would say that, I don't know if underappreciated is, is the right word. I think that it's like, it's monumental. It's, it feels like there's a tipping point, right? 
and and I I mean that like as a it's almost like a formal nod of the hat to the digital art space and saying welcome right I mean there's all these rumors about the MoMA selling Picassos and a few other I'll call really notable pieces to to potentially deploy into the the digital art space and then this is just further validation that they're jumping in with both feet and they're being advised appropriately in my opinion because this is such a a great way to do it and especially something that's so specific to their location you know such a such a great entry into the space and in a way to really make a a definitive statement that we're here and we're committed yes it's it's unbelievable and it's you know it's almost like when you get an all-time high sale of a new collection it gives the rest of the market permission to follow and i think in that way this is groundbreaking so i'm excited to see where that leads to and i couldn't help myself jared i'm going to do the last gen art news story really fast this is just so cool so we were out at bright moments uh, mexico city or sorry i was out there and it was a fantastic celebration people loved it and then i saw online that uh, Fred Wilson, a very well-known VC who writes a lot about philosophy and startups and life, got a crypto citizen, as did Bob Iger, who was the former and now returning as CEO of Disney. So, you know, won't read too much into it, but more exposure, more signals that these folks who are, you know, getting ready to enter the NFT world are interested in entering from a generative art standpoint, which I find very encouraging. And my thing that's really notable about this is that when usually you're seeing a lot of these like Anon wallets making these purchases, this is very public. So it's it's almost like a announcement to the space like, hey, I'm okay with this and I'm okay being known. It, it, I think that that's a really, really bold statement for both of these individuals. Yes, 100%. 100%. Moving on to great art at great prices. We'll, we'll go quickly here. There's just two we want to highlight, although one is a uh, multiple. So the first one is FX Hash last week had their anniversary sale. Tweeted about this a few times. We mentioned it on the last spaces two weeks ago. I'm sorry, the last episode two weeks ago. Check it out. There's tons of art that artists dropped. They all are 365 editions. They all initially were sold for one Tezos, so they still should be pretty cheap, although some of them have increased in price. This is not where you're going to, you know, when hit the lottery ticket and make a bunch of money. This is just low pressure. Get some cheap art that you like. Go through the collecting process. So we'll we'll retweet to that link so you can check that out. The second one I wanted to highlight is a drop by Andrew Andrew Strauss called Sigils Series Two. There's a floor price of 0.4 ether. Uh, they are all kind of unreserved, but you know, it's a small collection. There's, there's only 12, there's only a few for sale, but I just really like them. They're, they're, they're fun. So kind of a different one than we normally talk about here, but I do think it's great art and it is at a relatively affordable price, although a little bit, uh, a little bit high. And one more that I wanted to highlight here, Jared, Sorry, I said that there's two, but there is one more. And full disclosure, I own this one. Uh, it is called Henge by Aranda and Lash. 
Uh, it is on FX hash. There's 400 pieces. The floor is currently 150 Tezos, so 150 US dollars. Aranda Lash is a architectural firm who had an art box curated drop called Primitives not too long ago. Really cool art, great variety here. Uh, this was actually in collaboration with tender.art.art. So check it out. I like, and like I said, I own one of these, so not not a huge bag, but I just think the art is cool, and I think it has a a good chance of of you know doing well given the provenance there. Let's move on to upcoming drops. Yeah, the one not a lot of coming up on in the next week for FX Hash, but one that I found particularly intriguing was one by uh, Collapse Our Beauty. And the the art I think is very attractive. Um, it's going to have a starting Dutch auction price of fifteen tes and a resting price of six. And the reason why I bring it up is uh, they had a really really successful project called Collapsing Systems, where you know the mint price was five tes, and I think the floor right now is about four hundred sixty four piece set. So obviously a different uh, quantity because the the new project titled nebula solitude um has 128 but a very interesting play in my opinion uh and at the very least the if you're not into collecting but rather flipping there's a, a pro potential small profit opportunity but i really of all the projects that were standing there they felt like it was the most aesthetically pleasing and i'm really looking forward to seeing what some of these outputs are excellent I'm looking forward that, to that as well. The next upcoming drop we wanted to talk about is from our friend Ipsketch, who is the art box curated behind Bent, which is a, a really great project that we enjoy as well. So this one is called Imposter Syndrome, also launching on art blocks. There will only be a, th a hundred of these. It's going to be released on November 28th. Resting price, uh, sorry, initial Dutch auction is three ether. And yeah, they're just, uh, you know, we'll take a look at the the staging outputs, take a look at the actual website and art blocks. We'll have that in the show notes, both of those. It just looks great. And for a great artist to be releasing only 100, it's not going to be art blocks curated, but even then, I think they look nice. I'm actually quite excited for this one. The next one I wanted to highlight is a Tyler Hobbs exhibition that's going to be happening in Art Basel, Miami. It's called Isostream. It's it's pretty interesting. So there are color screen prints. There'll be 12 images, each that will have an addition size of 10. And interestingly, your NFT is really just the provenance that you purchased it. It's your certificate. But the work of art is more the physical, which is an interesting trend. I wanted to ask you, Jared, what do you th what do you think about that, uh, the way that Tyler is doing this IsoStream project? I actually really like it. Um, it's a little bit of a departure from the typical um, generative release, obviously way different than QQL, where everybody has their, their input. But overall, I, I, I think it's... It's interesting to have like the certificate of authenticity, the provenance be an NFT and then a physical. I love the marriage between a physical and digital. I, I just ordered my two screens uh, prints because uh, I can't wait to hang them on the wall in addition to having the digital. So I, I think it's it's beautiful. I think that Tyler's always innovating and, and I feel like he's thinking, um, you know, whether you like the art or not is 
kind of irrelevant, but for this personal brand of Tyler Hobbs, he's always innovating on different delivery systems. And I think really, really creating, um, I'll call it roadmaps for others to, to start to follow. So I'm intrigued by it. Yeah, absolutely. And I will check that out when I'm down in Miami. It'd be great to say hello to Tyler again and see the art in person. I'm, I'm sure it hits just differently as most people say about most art in person. Last one I wanted to highlight, just announced on November 30th, so next week, the next Art Blocks Curated will be out. It's pre-processed by Casey Riaz. Interestingly, only, I think it is 120 pieces only, Jared, so a smaller edition, uh, starting Dutch auction of 25. So we're definitely not going to be botted from the start. We'll, we'll see how far it goes down. The resting is uh, 0.45. Uh, interesting aesthetic as well, primarily black and white and quite mobile, sort of uh, net-like and reminds me a little bit of uh, some of Casey's prior work. So wanted to highlight that as an art blocks drop as of course, those are always get a lot of attention and, and have such a high bar to get into the curated. Let's highlight some artists. Who you got, Jared? Ooh, I'm going to make a very bold attempt at, uh, we always refer this individual is Melissa W, but I'm going to try today. We'll see how it goes. Melissa Widerich, uh, just to highlight uh, her in particular, I feel as though there's just some really good uh, momentum. I'm just in talks with a couple of people, a lot of references to her art specifically. The one that kind of made me think about it is Take Wing. Um, it's just it's beautiful art. It, it's somewhat approachable in the sense that um, it's on Tezos. It has a floor of 181 Tez right now. And I think just widely accepted as a, a beautiful piece. And I've seen it in a lot of people's uh, wallets and from collectors that I admire. There's a couple that I'm looking at right now. And then she also has the art blocks curated that I've always been a, a big fan of. That's Sudfa. Um, 400 pieces, floor of 1.5 ETH right now. Of all the art block stuff, it just doesn't hasn't seemed to have gone on that crazy run uh, like everything else uh, to date. But, you know, beautiful, reminds me of calligraphy. Just stunning work, masterfully done uh, color integration in almost like watercolors everywhere. So I just wanted to highlight it today because uh, I feel like it's, it's beautiful art that uh, we haven't talked about for a while. Agree. And I also wanted to add another FX hash drop of hers called Solitude, which there are only a hundred of that is beautiful. Uh, currently at a 540 Tezos floor, that one shows a lot of uh, sunrises or sunsets, depending on your perspective. I would like to highlight Chetel Golid, who is well-known in our community for creating Archetype. He's been dropping some really fantastic work in progresses on Twitter. So we'll link to his Twitter. They look like archetypes, but a little bit more fluid, a little bit of a different coloring patterning for the blocks there. But yeah, it looks stunning. So really excited to see what that looks like. And, you know, Chettle is not the loudest artist. So in some ways, I feel like he is maybe sometimes not forgotten, but yeah, a little bit out of the, the recent memory. Completely world class. So don't forget about him. Don't sleep on him. Follow that Twitter. But don't front run us. I'm just kidding. You can front run us. But really, really excited to see what he comes out with. Let's hit some art to watch to round it out, Jared. I don't want to to snake it from you, but 
I think the one that I've been really um snake it fanboying over is uh Ori. It's the most recent art blocks curated release by James Merrill. We met him in Marfa, just a really, really humble individual. I mean, uh, and we were fanboying over the art just from the test outputs. The The actual final outputs were amazing. I just, something about it seems intriguing. I haven't filled the bags yet. I'm still waiting for a little bit of a correction and it's just not happening, which is um, indicative of uh, how great the art is. Um, you know, I mean, you, you highlighted Von Mises acquired six of them minted to four in the aftermarket. So I, I don't know, man, it, it's beautiful. It flows perfectly. The The palettes are great. I, I just think it's overall an amazing drop and it's something to keep an eye on because it's, uh, it's impressive. Yeah. I will say that the price action on this one has been quite positive. The floor is now at about 2.6 ether. It initially minted around 1.2, quickly ran up to two something, pulled back to like the mid ones and has picked up again. I think it's because it resonates with people. And, you know, we had the pleasure of meeting James in Marfin. We talked for a while, really cool guy, just kind of made it, you know, self-taught. And he was working on this for 11 months. He was essentially learning the math to learn the physics, to code it in. I mean, he really spent a lot of time on this and you can see that there's such a great variety and interesting patterns there. And full disclosure, I do own a couple of these, but I, you know, really the reason I wanted to highlight this is because of the price action we're seeing and I, I bought them early. So I think it's, it's quite encouraging and really happy for James. Hope to have him on the podcast sometime talking about this. Next one I want to highlight that has been moving, moving, moving is Fontana. We've been talking about Fontana for a while. I don't have any, you don't have any, right, Jared? No Fontana's here, but it's now at a six ether floor. This is, uh, you know, it's hard to ignore this type of price action and it's not cheap by any means, but worth watching. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to buy any because I can't afford this much right now, but uh, definitely going to watch it. And, uh, and you know, Harvey's also a fantastic artist and he's got some cool work and progresses that he's been teasing. So looking forward to seeing the evolution there. And the last one that I wanted to highlight is from our friend Matto, who's in Grailers and just also a fantastic artist. I've been meaning to highlight this for a while. So my apologies, Matto. It's called Chain Life. The problem is I don't fully understand this. So we're going to have Matto on to talk about this more, but we, he, so Chain Life is a project that works with cellular automata and it is fully on chain and fully, uh, it's, it, it's, it's just like a living project. And I'm going to link to it because I honestly like don't fully understand and I want to learn this better. Uh, but it is really intriguing. And I know Matt has been working on it for two years, he told us. And uh, I think it'll just be much better for you to read it on there. But it is, uh, yeah, it, it's just a very interactive game where your artwork changes constantly as you play the game and you're playing it with other people. So it's just a really intriguing way to utilize the blockchain and combine it with art. That That's it. That's it, folks. It's our episode for today. We hope you enjoyed it. Dude, I feel like that was a, a dense, dense uh, episode, man. And I'm, I'm grateful. There, there's a lot of powerful stuff in there. You packed a lot in, dude. Well, I hope it wasn't too much. 
Hope uh, everybody enjoyed it. If you did, as I said at the top of the show, please like, subscribe, comment. It, it really helps us. And reach out to us. Let us know what you like and what you don't like. And we'll be adding in a few stories that we didn't get to into the newsletter. Check that out as well. Hope you enjoy that. We appreciate everybody here. I am P at Aston Cloud Online. We are at collectors underscore XYZ. My wonderful co-host is at Jared underscore pause online. Eight Nap Fund. Check them out too. We will see you next week. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into Collector's Corner. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen. If you like this episode and want to help us out, please subscribe and leave us a review on your podcasting platform of choice like Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on YouTube. Please also follow us on Twitter for announcements as we expand to other social and content platforms. Our Twitter handle is at collectors underscore XYZ. We'd also love to hear any feedback you have. So please comment or reach out. We're always striving to be more useful and get better so we can help you in your collecting journey. The Collector's Corner team and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All views expressed on this podcast are personal opinions and are not specific inducements to make particular investments or investment strategies and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. This show is solely for informational and entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, please consult a professional.